0: You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all scripture. Now join your host, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik.
1: Hey there, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me, of course, is Brian. Hey, everybody. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. You know, just we living didn't. the life. You have been living the life. Um,
0: I have two, apparently. Which is good. Yeah. As yeah. this releases, it will be pushing into mid-January, which means you and I are going to be on the road a That's lot. right, that's yeah. right.
1: So if you're in Atlanta, I will be at, uh, at an event at the convention center. And if you're at that event, come by, say hi. Yeah.
0: And if you're in Orlando for the uh, Children's Pastors Conference, I'll be at that. And then if you're in Canada... At breakthrough or break, break forth, forth, I'm sorry, break, break forth, forth uh, in Edmonton. In Edmonton, I'll be at that. So I'm going to Orlando, then turning around and going to Canada. That's right. January. You
1: cannot have a greater shift I know. in temperatures. That's like when I went. I'm to... I'm looking forward to Canada more though. Absolutely, really, yes. Okay, I love there, snow. No. You're weird. See, I grew up with it though, so yeah. that's why. But I mean, I um, I think the the wildest temperature shift. That I ever had was going to Nicaragua in February. Oh yeah, and so it's so the temperature swing was was and keep in mind, guys, this is Celsius. So multiply it by like a billion for for whatever that calculation is for Fahrenheit. My eyes just glaze over <laughs> so when you talk right. Celsius look everywhere except for america uses celsius okay i'm not denying that i'm not saying i'm not saying that it's right i'm just saying it's what it is and my canadian's coming out so um so sorry (laughs) um but i went uh i went there with uh uh when i worked for another organization before i moved, moved to nashville and um we went down and it was it was something ridiculous like minus 30 or minus 40 um, in Canada. It was cold. I'll take your word that's And super, like, so minus, I think, I think minus 40 is actually where minus 40 and minus 40 meet in Celsius and Fahrenheit. So now I'm understanding. It's really, really, really cold. So, um, you know Hoth in The Empire Strikes oh, yeah, Back? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That Hoth would be like a beach vacation. Uh, pretty much, to, yeah. yeah. It's cold. Um, so we go there, and it's 40 degrees Celsius, so it's like 115 Fahrenheit. That's the temperature swing that we're talking about. A, we're talking like an 80-degree swing I in Celsius. probably not be that much
0: hundred and seventy thousand degree swing in fahrenheit i'm i'm guessing mine's gonna be like a 75 degree swing it's gonna be cold it, it's, it's gonna fahrenheit be cold swing. i don't know what celsius
1: would um be. no it'll be no it'll be about minus 30 celsius there so minus a bajillion fahrenheit uh, maybe 100 degree swing yep yep easily easily so it's gonna be cold it's all right it's gonna be cold
0: you're gonna be okay though Cause I'm there doing the Lord's work. That's right. The Lord will keep you warm. Yes, at He night. will. Because He never gives me anything I can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: that's uh, that's just not true, Brian. Actually, that's what we want to talk about today. Absolutely, isn't it? we are, that is what we want to talk about today. See, we've started a series where we are talking through truisms or not or untruisms yes. uh, that have found themselves into the popular theology of of many of many. Christians and just many Westerners as yeah. a as a whole, and one of those is is this idea that God won't give you more than you can handle, and this is something that gets thrown out
0: all the time, like all the time, and so often. It's, yeah, then, and it, it, this is one I was going to say. This is one that we will often hear when somebody's going through adversity, when they're going through suffering, and somebody meaning so well will say this. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it and it really is. It's it's meant to be an encouragement. It's meant to help people not lose hope. And but it's but is it is it true? That's the question that we want that we want that we mm-hmm. want to ask here. And I mean you know from our, our title of, of, of these ideas <laughs> that <laughs> you know we don't think it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um and All and I mean here's the I'm I'm a I'm a natural researcher I love to I love to research investigate explore I've spent years trying to figure out the precise origin of this statement and I haven't found it the closest that I've been able to find is that it is actually a misquotation of. Um, of first Corinthians 10 13, um, which says that um, he, he being God, will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Mm-hmm. That's that's as close as I've been able to find. But and but and if that's all we mean by God won't give you more
0: than you can handle, sure. Sure. But that's and, not usually what is meant. No, not at all. In usually st- it's meant situations that that you God will not put you in a situation, you will not have to face something that is too strong for you too powerful for you
1: yeah absolutely but whereas being tempt not being tempted beyond our ability is a very different different. thing and so when we when we say that god doesn't tempt us beyond our ability what it what it means is is that um there is there is no temptation that he does not give us the the strength to endure, to
0: overcome, to turn away from. If he gave us a temptation too great for us to bear, we would fall into sin and he would be one compelling us to sin. And that's not God. He will not do that. And I think this gets to the heart of it is we have to understand rightly suffering. Yes. We, We don't understand suffering. No. And because we don't understand suffering, this saying seems to make sense. But when we understand suffering rightly, we will see the, the, the fallacy of the statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so how can we how how can we better understand suffering? Well I think a big part here is, is we define good and bad the wrong ways mm-hmm. so often. If if something is painful, we say it's bad. It and and therefore we have this notion that God has promised us or desires even to shield us from anything bad anything hard anything difficult that he wants our lives to be easy and you know just pain free that is not biblical yeah. the, the whole idea of you know health wealth and good relationships yes that is not scriptural mm-hmm. um, God defines blessings very differently than we do at times and at times one of the greatest blessings he can give us is suffering yeah And when you look at scripture, it speaks a lot more to how we will suffer because we follow Christ than how we will experience um, bounty or or comfort and so forth. Now, there's a place where we we are not to be intentionally pursuing suffering. Yeah. We're to be intentionally pursuing God's glory, and that path often will take us through suffering. Sometimes it may take us through what we'd consider more of a blessing, something more sure, you know, feels better or whatever. Right. But... But it's important to
1: understand that um, whether we're whether we're pursuing it or we we're, or
0: we're, or not, suffering just comes. Yeah, it, it just it, happens. Exactly. And and the reason why God is good with us going through, and He's good while we go through suffering, is because suffering can often be used to drive us to Him. Suffering can often be used to magnify Him to others. The way we suffer, uh, what we learn in our suffering, the, our trust that we maintain in God during our suffering mm-hmm. is critical, and this is, gets us to this expression. In suffering, one of the beauties of it is it brings us to our knees and brings us to the point of saying, I need Christ. Mm-hmm. I am desperately in need of him. I cannot handle this situation. I can. I do not have the strength to face this situation today. I do not have the ability to be kind to that person who is persecuting me in this suffering. I need Christ to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the beauty of it. And so the point that God will often bring into our lives is, he wants us to encounter something we cannot handle to drive us to Him. Absolutely, and I, I mean, you see this—you see this so richly in the life of the Apostle Paul. Yes,
1: I mean, when he upon his like in his conversion, um, when or shortly after his conversion, when Jesus appeared um, ap- appeared to one of one of his followers who would go and who would go and and pray for him, um, he says that. Uh, he will see, like he will see how much he will suffer for my name. Yeah. And um, in Second Corinthians eleven, we see how that plays out. And he and what Paul himself says says about this. He says, um, "I say this to our shame. We uh, we have been too weak weak for that. But in whatever anyone dares to boast, I'm talking foolishly. I also dare. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? He's talking about these super these quote unquote super, super apostles." who are trying to say that they're more godly they're more right than he is because they're saying look at look at how weak this guy is! Look at how ter- like how terrible his life is, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and he keeps saying that I'm talking like a madman by by saying I'm I'm yeah. li- I am all of these things. And then he says um, in verse 24 of chapter 11, five times I, I received the 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a day and a, a night and a day in the open sea on free. Journeys I face dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from among false brothers, toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, often without food, cold, and without clothing, not to mention other things that. the, uh there is the daily pressure on me my concern for all the churches who is weak and i am not weak who is made to stumble and and, uh, and i do not burn with indignation but if boasting is necessary i will boast about my weaknesses and so he's saying in all of this that all of these things fu- fundamentally they don't matter yeah there's compared to the riches and glory of christ you even see him when he talks about this this thorn in the side and um there's a lot of differing opinions about what that is personally i'm i'm of the opinion that it's it's this constant band of, of false teachers and persecutors who are always going after him um I know some people think about it as like his eyesight or yeah, things like this, right. but
0: Trevin and Brandon, um, our colleagues, have a great episode on Word Matters. Absolutely. Matter it's one. a yeah. really
1: good episode on that. And um, and what what God says in this when He prays multiple times for this for this thorn in His side to be removed, He says, "No,
0: my grace is sufficient." Yeah. You know, go go back to Second Corinthians. I think yeah. that's a critical book to, to understand suffering. You, you know, the context of Second Corinthians is actually the third letter that we believe that Paul wrote to Corinthians. There's that that middle letter that's called the uh, uh, the severe letter. That a lot of people refer to it as. Uh, so Paul yeah. hears from Phoebe that the church in Corinth is just messed up, and so he writes First Corinthians apparently they did not respond well to that so he writes the severe letter they respond well to that and then he writes second corinthians in response and if you read the beginning of that chapter one paul might paraphrase he's basically saying i am glad you suffered because it brought you to this point -hmm. He says, "I'm not glad of the pain it caused you. Necessarily, I'm not. I'm not a sadist. It's not like, hey, I enjoy seeing you in pain. Yeah, it's like I see the purpose of that suffering. God used that suffering, and the end of it is beautiful. Sometimes in life we see that end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll go through a period of suffering, and it's not pleasant. And this is one thing we have to acknowledge: suffering is hard. So let's not be plastic about it. Right. Let's acknowledge it's painful. It's difficult." We don't enjoy it. Yeah. But there will be times on earth that we will get through that suffering or even in the suffering and we'll see, okay, God is using this and I see how he's good. Yeah. But there may be many times we will not see that on this side of earth.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, there's a, there's a family in my church that, that is, is going through that right now. We have no idea where this is going. We have no idea why it's happening. Um, And it's some, it's some pretty serious stuff that, that, that is going on with, with one of their children having a very rare form of cancer. Um, But what we're seeing is how God is at work in them and how um, despite the fact that it's incredibly hard, that it is incredibly painful to watch um, and how helpless they feel, that where they haven't, what they haven't done is they haven't abandoned their their hope. They haven't they haven't lost sight of of what of God ultimately, that he is good, that they know that he could he that he could yeah. miraculously heal their, their little boy tomorrow, or he could not. But, and that doesn't stop them from rejoicing in yeah. him.
0: And even that, through the tears, even through, especially yeah. with
1: the yeah. tears, and, and that's the thing—they're not turning a stiff upper lip. They're that's not being stoic. Very, they're yeah. not being stoic. They're not being British. They're not being British. Um, they're not being me. They're—they're <laughs> um, they're not just silently enduring. They're—they're yeah. they're crying and they're being honest and they're saying when it hurts. But the, what they're not doing is they're not giving
0: up hope. Yeah, and so this is why when you hear that expression again. It's emphatic that we recognize, or I need to be emphatic that we recognize the the falseness of it because if it were true, God would be less loving. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. We've got got to fight to get there to realize the, the falseness of that statement is based on God's love for us and his glory, who he is, drives him to bring suffering into our lives, to bring us to points where we can't bear what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. For good reasons, yeah. Um, and so it's it's a loving action. It's a good action that we are brought to our knees in desperation at times.
1: Absolutely. And and it's also a reminder too, again, of why he brings us, why he doesn't just save us in isolation, but community. he saves us into community. a community because we are called to bear one another's burdens. We are called to carry the help carry the load. For yep. everybody else, for one another, and it's an opportunity for him to be glorified in that. And so we need to we need to own that. We need to embrace it, even though it's hard. Yep. Even though it it fights against our, it conflicts with our sensibilities as um, self made people or or, or whatever. Um, you know, I know that there's a particu- there's a uniquely American propensity toward that but it's true in the west in general yeah um i see it in canadians all the time but um we we are called to help one another we're called to walk alongside one another we're and we have that opportunity to best display that and to best display the kindness and goodness of god as we walk with one another in
0: the trials and difficulties that this life will bring yeah, and let me just say this kind of as we wrap this up, uh, this idea that's hanging out there as well, that um, when, we, when we read of Christ praying in the garden mm-hmm. before the crucifixion, before his arrest and crucifixion, we, we, we interact with a Christ who is pretty much at the end of himself. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is in desperation. He actually prays in this, and it's another one of these texts that we don't quite understand when he asks for the cup to pass for him, what did he mean exactly? But clearly, he's at this point of saying, I would prefer a different way and yet, what does he keep doing? But, but not my will, your will. We see here, if not, he's, if, if Christ in his full humanity is not there, he's very close to it at the point of saying, I can't handle this on my own. hmm And yet he's relying on, on the Father. So here, here's why I bring this up. If the Father saw fit to bring his son to that point out of love, and we know the glory that came from it, why do we think he would keep us out of similar situations of difficulty? It, yeah. When we think about it that way, yeah, it changes everything. Yeah. All right, Brian, that's a great place for us to to wrap
1: up, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Hero of the Story. We hope that it has been uh, helpful and encouraging for you. Um, if you have uh, if you have found it helpful, I hope you'll leave a rating and review on iTunes and um, and that you if you've got a, another. Topic or question that you want us to address, that you'll send us an email at thegospelproject@lifeway.com. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.